1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Cadu Cafe on Detroit's east side is known for being a local gathering spot for music, drinks, food, and feather bowling. Oh, and this.
2: The Cadu Cafe is considered one of the most actively haunted sites in Detroit.
1: After almost 100 years, the Kaju remains popular with the living and even with those that may have crossed over. This is the Spooky J. I'm Zach Clark. Detroit is dotted with amazing neighborhood bars that have stood the test of time. But few, if any, have the history that the Cadu Cafe has dating back to the 1930s. And because of its history thousands upon thousands of people have passed through the space and depending on who you ask sometimes spirits join patrons and employees at the cadju so in our latest spooky j annie scaramazzino and i went to the east side to check out some history the cadju cafe is one of detroit's most legendary bars served as a watering hole for the last 100 years ish the bar was founded by belgian immigrants in the 1930s and in 1962 Robert and Yvonne DeVos bought the bar, and Annie, we got a chance to talk to their grandson, who also is named Robert DeVos.
3: They were only open Fridays and Saturdays, and then they lived in the back of the building for a long time. Before I was born or anything like that, my grandmother purchased the house directly behind it. I used to go there almost every day with my dad when he would have to get the bar ready and everything like that, and then I would just run from the bar to my grandma's house, and my grandfather, he was the one that purchased it. He was knighted in Belgium for bringing the Belgian culture to Michigan in some forms. He started the DeVos Debates bicycle race, and it's one of the longer U.S. standing cycling races in the country. He brought pigeon racing over, and then he also started the Kaju Bicycle Club. I know when World War II happened, he went back and served for the Belgian military at that time. And then I want to say that's, I think, when he met my grandmother was somewhere around that time. And if you ever go to Cadu, the actual medal he was knighted with is in that bar.
0: One of the things that we've been talking about a lot during the course of this string of Spooky Jays is history. You know, my family is from the east side of Detroit. A lot of my family is. And I know the Cadu really well. And I've been there and I've done feather bowling, which I'm really bad at. Just like so bad at. But I really didn't know about the... The deep background and the family ties and this whole story with the DeVos family and the Cadu Cafe. And, and this was just a great excuse to learn about their family history, learn about the ways in which they brought the Belgian culture to the forefront through the Cadu, and to be able to talk to members of their family and learn more about the grandparents that started the Cadu Cafe and then the folks that ran it in the years that followed.
1: The original Robert DeVos sounded like an absolute badass when you hear his grandson talk about him. And the DeVos family, they sold the Cadu in 2018 to Paul Howard and John Rutherford. And we went down and we met John at the Cadu. And you mentioned feather bowling, Annie. We learned about the most important part of the bar.
4: The feather bowling lanes, it's vital to have that game here. And that's kind of one of the anchors of the place. We're really trying to sort of be the the, the caretakers of of this, this institution.
1: The feather bowling element of it, I think there's four places in America where you can do this on a sanctioned space, and this is
4: one of them. I mean, how important is this to Detroit? Well, the one thing I'll clarify, this is this is the this is the original feather bowling place in in North America. The unique thing about our lanes, though, is that it's the way the game is supposed to be played. They're dirt, soil. Anywhere else you see it, it's typically fabricated. You know, turf, um, plastic. Uh, it's not. It's not the real thing. It's kind of like putt putt golf versus golfing in St. Andrews.
0: The dirt. The dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such a cool thing, and and it's such an awesome, unique tradition to Detroit, but then also across the world. I mean, there are very few places that you can go still to this day and experience feather bowling, and even less places that you can do it in a traditional way, which is with the lanes being you know comprised of dirt. So it takes a
1: lot of balls to run a bar that has dirt in it.
0: It does. It absolutely does. And and also to put the prominence on the sport that, you know, a lot of people are unfamiliar with and to also bring it to the forefront is really cool. And I didn't realize also that the east side of Detroit had at one time a really prominent Belgian population and culture. So that was a really cool thing to learn about, too.
1: All right, Annie, we all know why we're here. It is spooky season. That's why we went to the Cadu. We met John Mylan, who wrote a book along with Gail Offen called Michigan Haunts, Public Places, Eerie Spaces. And John says the Cadu is as haunted as it gets.
2: The Cadu Cafe is considered one of the most actively haunted sites in Detroit. According to Ron DeVos and some of the people that worked there, Ron, of course, was the one who took over for his parents. They've seen uh, someone who was a regular who was hit by a car. They often see him running towards the building and then disappearing. They've seen a woman coming out of the ladies room after hours. And he looked at her and he said, man, we're closed. And then she just absolutely disintegrated in a big flash of vapor. And he decided it was, you know, time to go home.
1: Annie, before we go any further, you know, we talked to Rob DeVos, the grandson of the couple that bought it in the early 60s, and his dad, Ron, he ran the bar for a really long time. And you're going to hear about Ron here in a second, Annie, but in doing this story, we learned that Ron passed away just a few weeks ago. So this is somewhat of a delicate topic. You know, we didn't get to meet Ron. It sounds like Ron was really into this supernatural thing, and I'm bummed out we didn't get to meet him.
0: Ron sounds like he was an incredible person, a figure and an anchor in the community. He was a champion feather bowler. When Anthony Bourdain came and highlighted the Cadu on his show, No Reservations, years back, uh, he talked with Ron, sat in the feller bowling lanes and, and had muscles with him. And he just seemed like he was an amazing guy. And, you know, the DeVos family isn't running the Cadu anymore, but they're still really prominent within the bar and people from the DeVos family still work at the bar. And so we we wanted to make sure that along with the current folks who are running it and doing a great job doing that, that we also talked to members of the DeVos family to remember Ron and to also talk about the importance of what he did with that bar over the years.
2: I think the most interesting story comes from Ron DeVos himself. The person who answers the phone is sometimes his mother. He says, I know it's my mother. I can tell by the accent. She says, all mom. And then it'll go dead. And then the day manager will pick up and he'll say, who was that? And they'll say, "There oh, there's nobody else here.
0: One thing I really liked about their book is that it's all about places that you can go accessibly and just enter and check out around Michigan. So these haunted locations, places with like spiritual activity or paranormal activity that you can just go and visit on your own. You don't need to book a tour. You don't need to worry about breaking any kind of rules or laws. It's
1: not way out of the way.
0: Right, exactly. So you can just walk into any of these bars or locations that they have listed in their book and check it out and kind of like learn about the experience there in person. And the Cadu is one of the places that they have highlighted in the book. When we chose this location, we knew that there were stories about it. We knew that there was a history of people experiencing different things within the building, staff and patrons and otherwise. But I didn't really realize that that was such a prominent thing, this sort of like actively haunted location, which to me meant that there was going to be a lot of stories to be told.
1: And, you know, as we've said before, Annie, we're not necessarily believers in all of this. We're open to the possibility, but it's not something that we obsess over. And when we were talking to John Rutherford, one of the guys that owns the bar now. I got the feeling that he was the same way as we are, but he still
0: has stories. Did you have any awareness of that when you bought the bar, those stories about Cadu being haunted?
4: Yes, I had it as a customer as well. I've known about some various stories over the, the last 60 years plus. So we bought it from the DeVos family, Robert and Yvonne. They're the two friendly ghosts from what I understand who reside in this building. This table right here against the, the inner wall between the bar and the, and the feather blowing lanes is where Yvonne is often seen sitting. And then Robert is typically uh, in the basement. The encounters I haven't had one, so just I'm speaking, you know, from uh, stories people have told me. But friendly ghosts, the scary things that happen around here are, are things. Doors will close. I've seen that happen. All of a sudden, the doors close, and you're the only one in the building. Things will move at times. I haven't seen something move, but like you see it on, on one table, and then all of a sudden you come back, and it's like somewhere else.
0: Talking to John was awesome. You could tell how much he really loved the place even before he bought it, which is obviously the reason he did buy it. The way that he spoke about it is being like a neighborhood anchor, and John is a musician by trade, and I loved that he told us that part of the reason he started coming to the Cadu on the regular was because he never had any food in his fridge because he was always out gigging, and so you need to eat. The cadju's known for having great food, and he'd pop over there, and they, they would feed him. It's one of those neighborhood watering holes that's not just a chain bar or something like that. These places that people gather in the neighborhood, they're important. You know, you go there to celebrate different milestones in life or celebrate birthdays. You go there to be able to eat and be fed and tell stories. And the people that own these types of places, they become like members of your family. And so, you know, talking to John was so cool because he had heard before he purchased the bar, obviously, from just going there as a patron through the years that the Kaju was haunted. Yeah, like you were saying, he is like us in the way that he's kind of like open to these things. He hasn't necessarily experienced some of the more like popular tales that a lot of people tell. But he did say that there has been a couple of weird things that have happened there when he was there by himself.
1: So if we say that John is somewhat of a skeptic, Annie Rob's dad, Ron, was the opposite. He was a huge believer in all of this, and I think that's what led Rob down this path as well. I mean, I wouldn't stay in the cadu overnight.
0: I think I might. <laughs> you know, we talked about with like Pierre Cheney as being such a kind of an eerie and creepy place to be, especially in the evenings. But I think the difference with the Kaju and maybe why so many folks have leaned into it over the years is because they're known as being friendly ghosts. It seems like it's got good vibes, even if there is something spiritual happening there. And so, I mean, I might I might venture a little tour overnight in the Kaju. I don't think I'd have a problem with that.
3: The one crazy one was like me and my dad did like an overnight with these like ghost hunter people and that one kind of weirded me out. The best way to explain it was this unexplainable things kind of happened to where if you were family and like you ask a question, only certain people would know and things are responding to that. It was really like it was pretty crazy. My dad always told me anytime he walked into the bar and not every day, but it would be like random. Hot water would just be blasting in one of the sinks, and it was usually like the back room bathroom sink or it was the women's room sink. And whatever reason, it would just be full blast hot water. He'd come in, turn it off. If you're in the kitchen and you're like coming into the back door, there's a bunch of rooms back there, which used to be their main bedroom. And they would say they saw like basically an apparition walk through that like hallway. People told me that used to work there, like, I swear to God, someone was in the building with me and it was just me and there's no one there. You know, we can
1: talk about ghost stories all we want, but the Cadu Cafe is not some paranormal oddity. It's a bar with a rich tradition on Detroit's east side that still holds an incredibly special place in Rob's heart, even though his family doesn't own it anymore. And I know that Rob's connection is more intimate than the general populace would be, but I think the people on Detroit's east side and those that feather bowl and, and those that go to the Kadju, they feel the same way, that it's a very important place. It's more than a bar. It's a communal gathering space.
0: I think that is why these, especially these like Prohibition era bars, and last year we highlighted the two-way, and it's a very similar story. These family-owned bars that also brought their culture. You know, at the two-way in, the family is Polish, and the Belgian culture shines through at the Cadu Cafe, and, and it's an opportunity to learn about those traditions and talk to the family and look at all of their photos on the walls. I mean, it's it's like being in somebody's living room. It's very, very cool. And in the case of, of the DeVos family, I mean, it really, they, they did live there. That was part of their home and it started even before them with immigrants that founded it in the 1930s and they continued on these Belgian traditions.
3: I feel like everyone's experience is going to be different you know like my dad was a huge believer in the the afterlife kind of stuff and I never really was for that part until we did that like overnight thing that really sold me and so like I feel like everyone has a different experience and so to hear those you know, it's not going to be the same every time. So it's always interesting to hear that.
0: Yeah. And it's also it's a pretty cool thing that this has been in your family for so long and first as a home to your family and then as a business and, and whatnot. And it just kind of mm-hmm. feels like like a great place to continue to have family memories, whether it's because you believe in in there being spirits there or just because you can walk in and, and look at the walls and remember all the good times with your family, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's pretty interesting
0: it's all around. It's the feather bowling, but there's also other clubs that they host that have promoted like Belgian pastimes. They also have a lot of Belgian beers on their menu, the food, all of it. So it's, it's really all encompassing and it is really, really cool.
1: I think my big takeaway, Annie, you said it, not so much the feather bowling lanes, because that is an oddity. It's very rare. You don't see a lot of those, but the rest of the bar itself, the inside of the bar, it feels like you're in somebody's basement in the 1970s. That's the vibe I get. The wood paneling, The black vinyl and metal VFW hall-style chairs, the long tables, the old art on the wall, the signs. It feels like you're in somebody's home, and Annie, you are. That's why.
0: Exactly. It's comfortable, which is what I like. I'm the type of person that always feels a little bit out of place in somewhere that's just way too fancy. And it's like you can go and appreciate it and appreciate the cuisine and appreciate the atmosphere. But I feel so much more at ease and so much more relaxed at a place like the Cadu Cafe, where you can just walk in and be yourself and you don't have to be dressed in any kind of way and you don't have to impress anybody. You can just be there to eat, drink, feather enjoy some live music and just have a good time. And that's exactly the kind of atmosphere that the Cadu promotes. And it's fantastic.
1: So the next time you go to the Kaju, maybe you'll get some muscles, maybe you'll feather bowl, and maybe you'll see Yvonne. Who
0: knows? You know what I thought was so cool was you're talking to John, and I was taking photos and videos and whatnot around the bar. And their tables are really cool. They're really nicely decorated underneath, sort of like pieces of plastic. They've got lots of different things to look at, different like clippings of like newspapers, and they've got stickers and all kinds of stuff under there. And I was just kind of looking at the tables because visually they're really fun to look at. And there was one that was kind of close to where you guys were, and I snapped a couple photos of it on my camera and um, then John started telling us the story and there's lots of tables in there mind you. John started telling us the story about Yvonne and the sort of traditional way in which people see her when they come into the bar if they report seeing her spirit and he said actually she's known to sit right here and it was the one table that I was taking photos of and there's nothing there to denote that that is Yvonne's table that I saw. I just kind of zeroed in on it for no particular reason and started looking at all the stuff that was sort of lying underneath this little pane of plastic or glass and thought oh this is cool I'll take some photos of this and then all of a sudden this is Yvonne's table actually and i thought that was pretty cool
1: maybe next time i'll have to sit there when i go
0: i don't know i think it might be reserved <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> today's big thanks go out to robert DeVos, john rutherford john Mylan, and of course annie scaramazzino check out wwjnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24 7 Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? Well, all you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark, and this is the Spooky J. Thanks for listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's Halloween.